0: The following program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: It's another Sunday night in comedy, and tonight we're switching things up a little bit. We're going TV on the radio. We are talking to two comics who recently made appearances on American Late Night and network television and maybe that means live audiences are soon to follow behind it's as seen on tv i'm dean young and we're about to go inside the joke
0: welcome to inside jokes on global news radio 640 toronto
1: inside jokes right here on global news radio 640 toronto during this whole three four months of quarantine we've been recording remotely in our little bunkers somewhere i haven't seen our producer vince tedesco in months today we are together in the same room for the first time since covid and it just basically looks like a really crappy canadian remake of castaway in here right now (laughs) <laughs> we're, we're, we're live at Casa de Tedesco somewhere here in Toronto with my producer, Vince Tedesco. How you doing, buddy?
2: You look so old, dude. You look so old.
1: I, this has weathered me. I don't think we're ever going to go back to the studio again. I don't even... My phone doesn't work, so now I have to come to your house to do the show. But we're, we're switching things up a little bit tonight, Vince. We have two comics. Yeah. Two very different comics. So one is a working internationally touring stand-up who's been at this for a long time, John Hastings, who recently made the move to L.A., and he did a very bizarre yet successful audition on America's Got Talent in front of just the judges and no audience. So we're going to find out what that was like from him. And we have another online sensation.
2: Yeah, we got another comic who just kind of popped up overnight. Nick Smirilio, uh who's doing incredible on on TikTok, uh, which is like a new platform. Obviously, everybody's on TikTok. For the right young there. kids. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he's been killing it with these impressions, especially of fan-favorite Sebastian Maniscalco. I think he does a really good Christopher Walken, but we'll uh, we'll find out. We'll, we'll chat with Nick from Chicago uh, uh, later on in the show.
1: But is it, is it Kevin Pollack good? We'll find out.
2: Well, yeah, hey, Kevin Pollock's an original.
1: We'll find out. So we've got, but we've got network television. We've got American Late Night, all of this during COVID. So, I mean, that's a positive sign that hopefully live comedy's coming back around. But, anyways, that's our show. That's our lineup right here on Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We have comedian John Hastings on the line now in L.A., but of course, John, a lot of our audience would hopefully remember you from Toronto, although it's been some years. You were in the U.K. for Or, for a or they could
3: remember me from Montreal. I started my comedy career there. I spent a lot of time in Ottawa, and I'm currently broadcasting from Montreal because after a few months in the U.S. not getting there, Act in line. I decided to uh, retreat north and see my wife and enjoy the Montreal summer. You know what I mean? Like you can't. You yeah, never for... really lived until you spent time in Montreal because it's a type of humid that seems like it's attacking you. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: well, but uh, yeah,
1: you are away from the tire fire that is America currently. But I mean, for you, yeah. And for yeah, the record, you're... by the way, yeah. Anyone who
3: thinks America is not going to get through this, America will be fine.
4: Oh, of well,
3: I lived in Toronto under um, the crackhead. What was his name? Rob Ford. I remember God. people were like, "If Rob Ford gets elected, Toronto's to 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 t- t- goodbye." And Doug Ford almost won, but John Tory won, and I uh, got a lot of criticism of John Tory. Uh, this is true of any of these puritanical populist BS leaders. Is they get in just a boring bureaucrat and that is what joe biden is joe biden's going to come in it's going to just go back to prosperous america because their economy is still strong after this bounce back so everyone just calm down the world will return to normal
1: it will it'll it'll take some time but it will but for you the one thing i'm curious about is yeah you originally come from ottawa which has always been this comedy factory for some reason a lot of Canadian comics, a lot of the great
3: ones. That's why it's it's a boring place
1: and you have to. (laughs)
3: That's
1: why you you sort of get away from that bureaucracy of it. But for you, I mean, whether, no matter what what sort of scene you're in in Canada, when you were in the UK, now when you were in LA, how much of, of an impact does your surroundings actually have on? your voice and on the way you approach comedy like do you take any of that in does it flavor what you're doing My at guys, all
3: this, this is a, i i have a stock answer for this because i've been asked this a lot and i want everyone who travels as a comedian to listen to this you yeah. have to change your words and your you references have... yeah that's... and i'm talking about even within canada look at what the gas station's called look at what like calvary says has a bunch of streets that are trails just change your words to that Comedy clubs have bartenders and they have waitresses get there 10 minutes before you're supposed to do, just ask one of them, Hey, what is this, 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 is this, and things you wouldn't think of. There are places where instead of saying parts of the car, you say bits of the car. You say um, like some places are trailer, some places are caravan. That's the only trick with traveling is you just switch up those words because the audience just needs it. All it does is it gives an audience a second to go, wait, does he mean this? And then you're screwed. That's all you have to do. It's easy as chips. Easy as chips. There we go. We'll be right back with more John Hastings
1: right here on Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
0: My name is Nick Smarillo. I'm doing a Sebastian Maniscalco. And uh, you're listening to Inside Jokes, Toronto Global 640.
2: Satellite of love, satellite of love.
1: Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Even if you're in the back row, it's probably fine. And one day soon, live audiences will be a thing again, and that cell line will actually. Makes sense again, but our first guest, we have comedian John Hastings on the line with us who recently did not only a very large televised gig slash audition, but also a very strange one given the current climate of COVID. So John, first off, before we jump into all that, how are you doing?
3: Oh, I'm good. I'm sat in a rented office space because I have to film an audition after this. The air conditioning is not working, but I just heard someone singing opera, so my... (laughs) lockdown is
1: as expected so here's i mean you just did something i mean obviously a big feather in the cap for you as a comedian and in your career so far but also something very sort of bizarre and very interesting during the way comedy is working right now and the way television is working right now during covid you went on and auditioned on america's got talent in front
3: of literally just the panel of judges and the crew that's right I'm. Uh, I don't mess around. I'm a really good comedian, and it didn't faze me at all. Um, well, th- <laughs> that's the thing. We were watching it, and it actually didn't. And it fe- it felt like you really. I mean, they didn't... were very. They were. They were really good to me in the edit. Is what that it was. It was a combination of being really good to me in the edit, and uh, I just knew the jokes really well. Because uh, and it was also the fact that that was happening the day the world was locking down. We don't sort of talk uh-huh. about it, but there was a day where it went from. Oh, this is gonna be kind of an issue to like, oh no, you're going inside and you're staying there for quite some time. And this is in LA. Like it's not like in, you know, charming Canada where it's like, our cases are doubled. We've got five cases now. It was like <laughs> um it was America where it was literally like, okay, the guy in charge is a boob and we're in T rebel. So it was yeah, it was terrifying. Let's, let's I'll be honest. So I wasn't really thinking about what I was doing until I got up there, and that was great because I'm good at jokes, he said, reading his what? own tramp stamp in a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's sort of interesting because
1: I'm sure the sort of unspoken thing in the room was obviously this uncertainty, not just COVID itself hitting, and, and specifically at that time while you were filming that, but also just you as a comic and them as entertainers and just being in entertainment and being in television and being in L.A.
3: Well, listen, I give credit to to sort of Howie Mandel in the moment because he definitely sort of rallied the judges and was like, trust me, this is a lot harder than it looks with no audience. Um, But yeah, it was one of those weird things where it's again, there was sort of no, there was no knowing what was happening. There was no knowing what could happen. All that was known was um, uh, you got to go out and do it. You've waited this long, and that's basically how I played it, and that's what I did. Like it was sort of just like, you know, I sat there for ten hours, and away we go. And hopefully, it becomes something that I can use to build my silly audience. And when we have basement venues with no ventilation open again, I can invite people to come see me and give me filthy, filthy cash. <laughs> and that's how I'm viewing the entire experience.
1: Well, and that's that's the thing. I mean, we were. We've been talking to a lot of comics during this whole thing about, you know, these weird pop-up shows that have cropped up sort of out of desperation or necessity during all this, and people trying, you know, trying their hand at these weird, like, Zoom shows and online stuff and all that. Even Jim Gaffigan last week was like, yeah, I did a few of those, and it was awkward and horrible. I mean, you as a comic, John, I mean, I remember you, of course, here in Toronto at good shows, and, and as you just described, all the painful basement open mics that there's millions of in this city before you made the move to UK before you eventually landed in LA. So for you,
3: it's all, I'm, I guess you
1: almost had that sort of hardwired into you. Just like, yeah, this, I guess, I think think it's something that
3: everyone in Canada in particular has because, you know, Canada loves to support its arts, but it doesn't necessarily have a means in which to get a lot of that information out. You know, this, this show is one of the few where you can actually go and be like, Hey, I'm going to be in this place. Like me, this weekend, I'm going to be at the Comedy Nest in Montreal. And then uh, I'm going to be at um, the Ottawa Yokex August 13th through the 15th. So come on down and be one of five people watching me perform behind pexy, plexiglass. I don't know if this show airs in either of those places, but you got to plug anyway. Oh, I actually will be in the GTA August 29th at the Dorchester Golf Club. We're doing a show outside, me and Dylan Gott. Now, here's the thing.
2: Um,
3: <laughs> yes. When it comes to sort of, I think anyone can perform anywhere. It's it's not a matter of how many times you do it. I think it's just simply like, just get over yourself and get up there and tell your jokes and be loose. Like the amount of times I've seen people be like, you can't perform for four people. And it's just like, yeah, you can. You just got to be strong, man. Like, and, and not, not in that, like, not in a, like, come on, man, you got to be an artist, but it's just sort of like, just put your head down and stop being embarrassed about it. Like, it's a big thing. It was a big divide in Toronto when we were there. Um, When I was there, over between people, that are like, I only perform at the clubs with an audience. And then I was just like, or you go everywhere. And all of the people that kind of went everywhere have, you know, at least some modicum of success. And those that were like, I only play in the clubs. Well, most of them, you know, are janitors now. I think one of them makes bagels. It's, (laughs) you know, it separates the weak from, or the strong from the chaff, as they say. I, I mean to it's... let everyone know I'm I'm not wearing a shirt while I'm giving this interview. That's why I'm talking so manly. No, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean it, it is true though.
1: You need that sort of scar tissue. You need that. I mean, comedy. So much of comedy, or at least to the outside observer, is built around sort of ego and this sort of lone wolf mentality. I think in comedy, it's it's essential to sort of have those gigs and have those bombs every once in a while and have that scar tissue where it's like, yeah, this was a really <laughs> terrible experience on stage but i needed that I, in some
3: course, ways not to cut you off but i'm going to <laughs>
2: um
3: uh is i somewhat in some ways i agree and in a lot of other ways i disagree i i think that comedy especially in the last five to ten years has really gone up its own backside with the like hey man i'm a, I'm a warrior poet just out there kissing my sword and letting people know about my words like if you want to have the experiences I had and develop those skills, go nuts. If you want to curate your own thing and do your own thing and only be able to work in specific places, go nuts. Like I don't, I I have a real allergy to sort of that, like this is the only way to do anything. Like it's just not true. Like you just do, do what feels right for you as a performer. In the end, there's no security in this job. So you shouldn't, you shouldn't feel uncomfortable doing it and also Maybe be in a situation where you're not gonna get paid. Like it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, the where the rubber meets the road. At a certain point, you you have to just like be like, just do what makes you happy within something creative, and don't stress about you know a bunch of dudes in leather jackets who look like they smoke inside being like you know. And, I, and again, not to disagree with you, it's just it's my personal opinion. I think that any performance art is better when it's just sort of like just figure out how to do it. It doesn't matter how you end up doing it. Like it's just like just do, do your thing chicken wing I just there you
1: go you Absolutely, to go. We're gonna, speaking of which we're going to find out more of sort of where you've been and what led you to LA and what's coming up next we're going to be right back with more John Hastings right here on Inside Jokes Global News Radio 640 Toronto Yo this is White Wine and Young Riesling you're tuned in to AM 640 Inside Jokes, Jokes. baby ha Welcome back to Inside Joke right here on on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and of course coast to coast Canada wide and yes John Hastings including Ottawa and Montreal on the Global News Radio Network online we have comedian John Hastings on the line who recently during COVID went and uh, taped an audition on America's Got Talent in front of the panel of judges and the crew, which, I mean, John, that is actually, as you were talking before the break, about how as a comic, as a working comic, you can't really shun the experience of just going out and working on the material and just filling your gig sheet and just getting out there and working. So I'm sure you've done rooms and mics that had less than that amount of people in it without that credit attached to it anyways.
3: Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a glutton for stage time. It's a it's at this point because I've traveled a lot a near a world-renowned reputation. They never say funny, but they say performs a lot, which is... <laughs> <laughs> For
1: you, it's I mean... Rude. We, we've had a lot of different perspectives on this. We've been talking to comics during this whole quarantine and this sort of pause on live comedy, comics all over the country, comics all over the U.S., some comics in the U.K. For you, I mean, you've been to all these places. You lived and worked here in Toronto. You come from Ottawa originally. You spent years in the U.K. Now you're in L.A. For you, when all of this hit, did you have that moment where you stepped back and went, this is it, it's never coming back? Or are you pretty hopeful, uh, like sort of a forced
3: pause for you, like some downtime? Yeah, it was, I never thought it wasn't going to come back. I've had moments where my community won't come back, but those were not rational. I, I, it's honest, but I shudder to say this because it's really discounting all of the um, hard work and, that our medical professionals are doing and all the people that have lost loved ones or lost their lives during the pandemic. But I, especially for the first two months, loved it. I've been basically for the last, I don't even know how many years, been on a plane, a train or an automobile near constantly. I think I spent in 2019, I maybe spent under the back half of 2019 from June until november i spent four days in my apartment Uh, granted i got married in that space so that doesn't take that into account but i was just i haven't been in my home for a stretch of period like this ever and being able to sit down and just there is nothing you can do you can work on other things if you want to but don't worry about it there's no rush on anything was at first very good i also by the way was gave me lots of time to stress about America's Got Talent because, again, that type of show, you don't know how they're going to edit you. You don't know what they're going to make you look like. So they really could have made me look like a real horse's patoot, but they didn't. <laughs> um, so I, uh, yeah, I, I could stress about that. It's one of those things where, you know, live comedy is going to come back. I knew it was comedians are rat hustler jerks. You yeah. cannot leave. Like, And I know I just said in the last segment, well, there's, there's certain things that are very true. There's a certain segment of the comedian population that will just go, oh, there's a bomb, f- the world's on fire. Oh, fire sale comedy show. Like, do you understand? Like, I don't necessarily <laughs> yeah. like some of those people, but there definitely is a place for them and there's something they're going to do with all of this. And That's the situation there. And um, that's just what's going to happen. And I think You're it's one of those back, things. And it's going to be, by the way, exactly the same. It's going to be exactly the same. The only difference, and uh, honestly, this is a good byproduct, is some of the people that weren't committed, that were just doing it to do it, that had made some good money, but weren't committed to it, for whatever reason, are gonzo. And that is all the better for the rest of us. It, It is
1: true. I mean, that's come up with a few people the last couple months just talking about how it's, especially in a city like Toronto, where it's, you know, this open mic hub and there's, seven billion new bar shows starting on a weekly basis with comics just talking to each other at two in the morning a lot of that is you're right exactly right a lot of that sort of fat is going to be trimmed because one one byproduct of that that happens is you know you you run into you run into audience members at a show that accidentally wandered into some god awful open mic one time and we're sort of, this was forced upon them. And that's their, that's their only viewpoint and their only takeaway of live comedy now. So I think a lot of that stuff will
3: maybe be stripped away. Oh, and yeah. And that's be- an interestingly unique Toronto problem as well, is that there is a certain yeah. segment of shows that are actually kind of doing more damage than there are good. And a certain segment of comedians in Toronto as well, because there is Toronto really loves someone in a black T-shirt telling it like it is. <laughs> and... Maybe this is me being at 35, but I want to huck a shoe at the stage and just be like, you, you don't you're just afraid you don't know. Any, like you don't know anything. And how I know that is, I don't know anything. And I'm smarter than you because I'm smart enough not to get on stage and go, let me tell you about these women. Like, it's just like it's just that that sort of thing. And that, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm painting Toronto as a terrible place, it's a wonderfully creative, amazing city with a really supportive scene. But, you know, there's D bags all over the shop.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to put it. T-bags all over the shop. John Hastings, thank you so much. Uh, we look forward to seeing you back live on stage and when this stuff does come back fully around to normal, just back to doing what you do. Uh, for our audience, where can people listen to your stuff? Where can people find you online?
3: You can find me online on all social media, the John Hastings. Search AGT John Hastings on YouTube. And go call your dad. <laughs> there we go John Ethan, thanks so much man we'll talk to you soon
1: and hopefully
3: we'll get <laughs> hi this is Lewis Black and you're listening to Inside Jokes which is
0: why it's funny you idiot <laughs> yeah and you say Shy City Shy
2: City City. Coming home again.
1: Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And thank you, of course, again to John Hastings, who has just crisscrossed all over the world and then landed himself in a bizarre audition on America's Got Talent. Now we're flipping things over. We're going to Chicago. We have comedian Nick Smurillo, who's, you know, we've been talking about this for the last couple of months, especially during quarantine, about this sort of new wave of online comics and personalities that has blown up during quarantine and everybody's now calling this quote-unquote generation tiktok so nick your impersonations has really earned you i'm not even gonna say a cult following like a massive you've got like forty-eight thousand tiktok followers now
0: yeah it's uh it's pretty crazy for sure you know uh started out in quarantine and no expectation at all of uh any following it was really just something to pass the time and everyone was home at my parents' house, and my parents, long story short, looked at me and were like, you can only play so much Call of Duty. So why don't you start taking advantage of uh, all this time and, and uh, share some of, some of your talent with, uh, you know, the impression stuff. So it turned out to be a fun little series with a, a couple of the guys that I do, and it's uh, been a blessing to have gotten uh, a following. So,
1: Well, I mean, obviously, what, so one of your sort of, flagship impersonation is is sebastian maniscalco who's a comic whose name has come up a lot on this show over the years and sebastian took notice of that so that landed you a spot on on late
0: night what was that all about that was uh that was pretty crazy i mean i over the past couple of months you know started tagging him uh in the stuff that i would do on instagram because i knew he didn't have a tiktok and uh couple of weeks, months went by, and I realized that he followed me, and he started liking some of the impersonations and commenting. And uh, he shared one on his story, his Instagram story as well. So that was really nice to get uh, a bit of a follower boost um, and kind of a nod from him as, you know, I can impersonate him, you know. And then, uh, yeah, I, I didn't uh, even think that I would be um, on Kimmel, but he he wanted to do it for his monologue when he hosted the second night. And uh, I remember getting a call from someone from Burbank, California, thinking it was a robo call and ignored it and ignored a second call and ignored a voicemail. And then Sebastian announces on social media, he's going to be doing uh reviewing impressions of people that he's seen of uh, doing him on the internet. And yeah. uh, lo, lo and behold, my family and friends, why don't you check the voicemail for Burbank, California? I, I got a feeling you're going to be, <laughs> you're going to be on this. I you know, didn't think anything of it, but obviously it was someone from Kimmel calling saying, verifying my account and stuff so that was nuts yeah it was it was was a lot of fun
1: did you think it was BS at first did you did you think it was like someone was messing with you
0: honestly yeah I I didn't really know you know I not that it was a negative interpretation I just the call was it didn't sound I I just interpreted uh I had the impression that um if someone calls from a studio like Kimmel like they're verifying you know everything about you they wanted you know maybe they want you to not necessarily sign off on using your stuff but just verify a lot of things and the conversation was very laid back the guy was like big fan of your stuff i saw it on tiktok you're from chicago right and i was like yeah yeah from chicago how about you i'm in los angeles cool uh (laughs) <laughs> Sebastian senior stuff. Did you know, Sebastian senior stuff. was like, yeah, I think he follows me on Instagram. It's pretty nuts. You know, so he was just a super good guy. He just made a conversation. And you know, I had to ask him at the end, like, do you need anything for me? Do you need me to sign off at something? He goes, no, your, your, your profile is public. We just, uh, we'll see if we can fit this in tonight on Kimmel. And I'm like, all right. You know, I, it was so it was kind of anticlimactic in that regard, calling, you know, someone back who left a voicemail saying they were from Kimmel. But yeah, I didn't really know what to think at first. That's for sure. Hey, Mitch,
2: what, what is the key to doing a perfect Sebastian Maniscalco Met- impersonation? Oh, that's a like, good question. Pitchy. Um, so when you get your voice like at that, like, wh- how do you, is it just he's a God giving gift?
1: He's pitchy and it's also very physical, like a lot of kicks and mannerisms involved with
0: Maniscalco. I agree. I totally agree. Um, I mean, when he when he reviewed it on Kimmel, I mean, the two things that stuck out that at least my family and friends said he was right about uh, yeah. were the, the nuance yeah. of the half eyelid thing. Sorry. Yeah. But, I mean, you, so you're a
1: Second City alum, too, which, of course, Chicago is the original sort of Second City mothership. Was that something you always – more towards and wanted to do in comedy like for you was
0: it was impressions? sort of where you always saw yourself going with comedy N- not at all not at all honestly i was a huge fan of the show whose line is it anyway growing up as a kid i remember watching that on abc family and i loved the idea of the improv games they played and then i remember getting uh my sister got me a second city tickets for my birthday years ago and i'm like i this would be amazing i would love to be on stage and do that and then Fast forward a couple years to just a couple years ago, and um, a friend asked me to go to the I.O. theater, and then I did a couple classes there, and then a buddy wanted to go to Second City, and I, I fell in love with it right away. I, I um a ton of fun. I can't wait to get back and start auditioning again um, when, you know, stuff kind of you know, cleared up a little bit, so.
1: Well, you know, Greg Proops uh, from Whose Line uh, sat on my lap in Montreal while I interviewed him. So I might not have done Kimmel, Nick, but, uh, you know. I'm sat on your lap. Hold on. I'm sat on your yeah. lap. What do you mean, sat on your lap? We all have our own journey, you know. Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to come back with more Nick's Morillo and find out more about this whole blow-up on TikTok and where where do you go from there, and I think how sort of comedy has changed to more of an online thing during COVID. We'll be back with more Nick Right here on Inside Jokes Global News Radio Six Forty Toronto Hey I'm Adam Groh, the Cash Cab guy, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on Six Forty. jokes right here on global news radio 640 toronto and coast to coast on the global news radio network we are talking to nick smurillo in chicago whose impressions especially sebastian maniscalco has not only earned him a mass following on tiktok but also landed him uh, a highlight on on kimmel so i mean that's not a bad resume right there nick for you i mean we're talking before the break about how sebastian caught on to this impression and how this whole following built and your own sort of comedy beginnings at second city We've been talking to a lot of comics during quarantine who, you know, five months ago, there was a lot of people in, especially in the stand up world who thumbed their nose at all of these online platforms and, and, you know, YouTubers and and comics with digital channels and festivals were starting to book them on galas and stuff like that. Now there's a big sort of change of heart in the comedy world because a lot of other people have had to flock to these platforms To me, it's just sort of another weapon in the arsenal. Do you see comedy skewing more this way? Do you think COVID has shifted things over where like TikTok, YouTube and everything else is going to be actually more of a vital stage rather than
0: actual live shows? It's a good question. I mean, I think um, I can't speak for the comedians that have made, you know, very successful careers um, out of what they do, but. I guess from my perspective, what I could say is that it's it's just a generational thing. You know, we we've, I'm 26 years old. I've kind of come up in uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and now TikTok have just become part of how we really socialize. Um, I hate to say it, but that's kind of how the dynamic is in person and online. And I think someone like, a, you know, a Bill Burr or Sebastian are, you know, they're old school dudes in the sense that they, they came up with pounding the open micers and, and, um, trying to get as much FaceTime, you know, out in public as possible. So I think it's not that it's a harder pill to swallow for them. I just think it's to your point. Yes. It's kind of, uh, you know, allowed for new people to get their, um, their, their comedy out there, their standup out there without yeah. having to go into an open micer, which I think you don't have the choice anyways, but, uh, if people can take advantage of these online platforms and, and make people laugh during these weird times. And you know, why not make it a new thing? I think it's been a lot of fun for a lot of people. So Exciting, yeah, I think for it, sure. I, I think it is just that it's just another platform.
1: Like we've talked to a lot of comics who on the air sort of had to change of heart. And they were like, you know what? I used to always sort of cast this stuff aside. Now I totally get the appeal and I've actually reached out to a whole new following. But another thing I was curious about, we talked to a lot of comics, not just here across Canada, but every time we talked to comics in New York, there's very much that New York feeling. Like it's a stand up city where audiences are mean in a way, they're savvy. It's a stand up sort of mecca. LA is the rat race where everybody goes because they want to act and they want to sort of forward their entertainment career. What do you think? I mean, obviously, we have the tradition of Second City. What do you think that, about Chicago that puts its own flavor into comedy? Like, what's Chicago comedy to you? That's a good question, too. Uh,.
0: <laughs> I, I I don't I don't know. I mean, I serious in the last 2 minutes, Nick. What is that? <laughs> we always get serious in the last 2 minutes of the show. <laughs> I think it's a good mix, honestly. I I think it's a right in the middle. And I know that's I you know, um ironic because it's a Midwest and it is right in the middle and it's but uh I think it's a, it's a theater town. I think it's an improv town. I think um so there's the acting, drama, theater element to it, but then there's people that, you know, get up like Pat McGann did, and Sebastian Maniscalco did at Zanies Rosemont and Zanies on Wells, where you have that stand-up, that old-school club feel, and um, I think it's a solid mix because you look at Second City, for example, and you see guys like Farley and Steve Carell and Colbert, Tina Fey, and then you look at the stand-up guys I just mentioned out of Zanies, and then you look at some of the theater stuff and realize that holy, you know, holy crap, this stuff can grab a national attention like chicago pd on nbc chicago fire chicago med like i think it's a good mix just you know i'm no i'm no uh professional in, in uh the industry by any means i'm just kind of getting my feet wet with this whole thing and learning as much as i can but if i had to answer that i'd say it's a solid mix of, of all of it so it's a great i think it's a great place to get started in my opinion
2: now nick when we uh kind of spoke off air you're kind of gearing up for a stand-up kind of debut yourself in september is that uh Is that still a go?
0: I believe so. Yeah, it's going to be my first time getting on stage by myself uh, doing stand-up. I couldn't be more excited. You know, any opportunity during this time, you know, can't take it for granted. So uh, it's going to be a fundraiser, which is really cool. Um, I don't know all the details about, uh, you know, how how we fill a conference room or or, uh, – a uh, banquet hall or whatever with, with a couple hundred people, but it's supposed to be oh, 64. Sure.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's that? Trump's going to let it
1: happen. You'll have an audience.
0: No problem. <laughs> yeah. I'll give him a call. It's my first debut on stage. You mind, uh, loosening it up in one suburb of Illinois for three hours.
2: <laughs> Nick, Have you been writing or are you going to do it more like impression based? Because it's not just Maniscalco. You do, you do uh stellar Christopher Walken and Tony Soprano And the best thing about this TikTok account that you have is you have all three of them in sort of like a mini series of sketches that just, I don't know if they're roommates or they're all live together or it's like every personality inside your brain, but it's genius how you all make them work. Oh, I appreciate that.
0: Um, Yeah.
1: Well, Nick, I was going to say not to put you too much in the hot seat here, my friend, because we've been throwing you a couple of hard balls here, but if we could, before we wrap up, do you think there's any chance Christopher Walken could plug your social media for us?
0: Absolutely. I'm happy you asked. My Instagram username is Nikki.smigs. And it's so simple. All you got to do is copy and paste the same username and go to TikTok. (laughs) And do the same thing there, because on TikTok, it's also Nikki.smigs. That's all you gotta know and all you gotta do. <laughs> so thanks for the support.
2: What was the idea to get all three of them in in a skit together? <laughs> uh,
0: I don't know. I I I love the impression thing uh, that everyone was doing on TikTok, and um, as much as I you know could have done maybe a couple different guys and just do like Ray Romano ordering coffee like a lot of the other ones kind of were. I thought it'd be fun to kind of. The idea I originally had was like your favorite celebrities and comedians and actors back at college together. And I'd have like a dorm wing of all these guys and each duo, each room would be like, you know, they'd interact and do things that any other college kid would like walk in Soprano, do the laundry or Maniscalco and Romano, rush a fraternity. And so that's kind of what I wanted to do. And then I realized that the walk in Soprano Maniscalco was all really people, uh, you know, uh, really needed to get their laugh in for the night. And I just kind of ran with that. And then, uh, um, like I said, blessed to have gotten the, the following and, and uh, talk to, you know, uh, guys like you, this whole thing. So it's been a lot of fun.
1: Well, uh, We love it, man. We hope, we hope all of our listeners go and check out your TikTok. We're glad to see it blowing up, man. Cause it's hilarious. Original, really absurd stuff and good luck. Good luck on the live, debut, man, because we'd love to see you live on stage sometime. Thank you so much for joining us, Nick.
0: Thanks again for having me, guys. Really appreciate
2: it. Hey, whenever you're in Toronto, buddy, hit us up. We'll have to have you in the studio. Absolutely. And we'll
1: be right back with more Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio. Te Cento Cuaranta.
0: Hey, this is Alan Park, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on 640. Now, back to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640
2: Toronto.
0: So, whether you're on Hinge, Tinder, Bumble, Farmers. whatever you're into, there comes a time upon matching with somebody where you got to decide the best time to drop the bomb.
1: That's our show. Thank you again. First off, John Hastings, I haven't seen him in years. Uh, I haven't seen him live in a couple of years, too. It was great to hear from him. And also, I can't imagine how bizarre of an
2: experience
1: that is to audition on national television just in front of a panel of celebrity judges
2: yeah it's hard enough to get on America's Got Talent and not in front of Simon Sophia and Harry Mandel
1: America's got no audience (laughs) but he did it and he did it you know he's a pro he's a seasoned pro so thank you again to John Hastings Uh, I can't wait to see him back here in Toronto and just back on stage like a lot of comics just doing what he does in front of a full crowd again I know that stuff is trickling back clubs are opening up so he's getting back out there again slowly but surely and of course, Vince, we had Nick Smurillo in Chicago. Awesome guy. With, I mean, like I said during the show, I'm my benchmark for some of these impressions is always my go-to is always Kevin Pollock, and Nick Smerilio blew me out of the way. Obviously, he's got a fan in Sebastian Maniscalco, so that's no small potatoes.
2: Yeah, congrats to that guy. So, him up. Yeah. so of
1: course, check out that TikTok and. You know, until we do get full blown live shows again, check out these comics, check out their social medias, listen to Hastings albums, go and see what comics are doing online, because even though there aren't live shows everywhere yet, there's still a lot of amazing stuff happening out there. It's coming back around. That's our show. And don't forget, you can listen to all of our episodes right back to the very beginning on Global News Online. And We'll be back next week.
0: See ya. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi. And you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx.
4: This week featuring John Hastings. Thank you very much. Uh, It was nice to chat to you guys for a couple of minutes, have you get to know me. Uh, I got a weird vibe when I walk out on stage. I'm 34. I don't look 34. I I don't look any age. I just look like I've been through stuff. (laughs) And 34 is a difficult age because it's not old, but it's old enough that the world's changed. Like, I'm old enough to remember, time was, you saw a fella with a neck tattoo. Well, then you thought, oh, I'm about to see a dead body. Now, you see a fella with a neck tattoo, all you think is, oh, this latte is going to be amazing. (laughs) And and, and you got to do things to stay young. I I do things to stay young. I, I recently borrowed money from my parents. For those of you who never borrowed money from your parents, the crew will know this. The celebrities will not. (laughs) You have to gather your parents together and go, hello, mother, father. You know how you're supposed to teach me responsibility? Well, you failed, and that comes with a hefty fine. (laughs) Now I borrowed the money for a good purpose, brothers and sisters. I I was getting married, and someone had to pay for the wedding. And it was nerve-wracking asking them for money. It was nerve-wracking getting married because they say the day you get married is the happiest day of your life. And that is a judgment on my life. I have lived a very exciting life. I once was on a bus and a homeless man farted so loud it knocked over a child. (laughs) Seeing my girlfriend walk up the aisle of a church will never make me that happy. (laughs) Not in a million years.